Did you get excited about the recent surge in AI images online this week? I sure did. And then I got a little bit of information that made me rethink my ink. So we're going to talk about AI today. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, a show about artistry in industry and music. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career in music. And today we're talking AI. We're talking everything AI, music, and art. I've got a whole bunch of articles that I'm going to reference and listen to a couple AI podcasts this week to get some information on what's going on in the AI community. It's some really, really interesting stuff, some really cool stuff, and I'm afraid we're not going to be able to throw... Uh, throw AI out the window as many musicians desire. So we're going to talk a little bit about that stuff. First, I wanted to tell you that we've got uh, the Gig Boss app, which is free on iOS and Android, and it's a way for you to manage your freelance music career and your band leading career. All right. If you're a band leader, freelancer, if you're both, uh, it's a great way to organize your stuff. And we're building more as we go. All right, here we go. So I've got my notes here and, uh, I'll just say a, a few general thoughts on what's going on with AI, but I just was listening to some stuff about it that was really interesting to me, namely that AI is now responsible for, you know, identifying types of cancer uh, much earlier on in the process. And without AI technologies, we don't have that more, very recent benefit. Clearview now has glasses that are going to be like uh, integrated with AI where you're going to have facial recognition software in the glasses that's being currently sold to like the military and police and stuff, which has boatloads of implications in terms of privacy and things like that. But that's really interesting and in that that's happening. There's a lot happening in AI that's not related to art and music, but we're seeing a lot that's happening in AI, in art and music as well. And what we saw this week was that the Lenza app came out and tons and tons of musicians started using the Lenza app to create AI images of themselves. And basically how it works is you like upload 10 to 20 photos of yourself into the program. And then it spits out like you can pay five bucks or whatever, and it'll spit out a hundred images of you in various different formats. It's like some of them look like you're in an anime TV show. Some of them look like, you know, you're posing in a business suit or you're looking like a hipster or you're looking like a rock star. I mean, it's like a lot of different poses and it. It's really cool. Like a lot of musicians did it and that's how I learned of it. So like I saw Questlove post some photos of himself using AI. And I saw, uh, Keon Harold, uh, these, these are both musicians that I follow on the internets. Keon's a awesome trumpet player. I hope to have on the podcast at some point. Questlove is an awesome <laughs> musician, drummer, DJ, uh, art, you know, music historian. I mean, he, he's like an encyclopedia of music. Uh, the, one of the band leaders for the roots who plays with Jimmy Fallon. I'm sure you know who Questlove is, but Man, it'd be great to have Quest on the show, wouldn't it? Man, that'd be rad. Um, we'll get there. So he posted some stuff. And almost immediately, I saw people uh, angry about it as well. And and, and we'll get there. But um, I did the Lenza thing. I thought it was really cool. I was excited about it. And initially, I thought like, oh, man, maybe I could use one of these for in digital image. Because now I'm releasing a lot of singles. And unique kind of unique covers for all the singles. So I was like, oh man, this is a cool resource and it's cheap. 
Um, but obviously there's a lot of negative implications. Just what I just said is like, that's the thing that has people angry and we'll, we'll get there as well. Uh, so my first thought on AI beyond what I just said is AI is derivative. It takes a boatload of information in images, songs, and then it spits out songs and art or images or whatever based on what it has taken in at its basic level that could be called copyright infringement, right? And we could decide by law that it is copyright infringement and basically ban all AI generated art and music from being used in any kind of commercial environment. So that, I think that's a possibility. And I know for sure that like in artnews.com in an article that came out in September of 2022, they mentioned that Getty images uh, has banned AI generated images due to copyright infringement worries. Um, so this is like if if the AI has taken in anything that is copywritten, then whatever it creates is derivative of that copywritten work and therefore could be labeled as copyright infringement. So in the in the very short term, I would think that this would be a way of slowing the bleeding for for the art community, so to speak. But I do think that it's it's a band-aid on like a huge thing that's gonna that's going to be very big, whether we want it to or not. And of course, there are more views on that that we'll get to as well. So the second thought that I had was, if that's how we define something that's derivative and therefore uh, violates copyright law, the music that I make is also derivative in that, like AI, like like AI is built to be like humans, right? And humans take in music. Like my music sounds like me. And of course, you know, the gear I'm using can change and, and things can be manipulated, but but my music always sounds like me. My voice always sounds like me when I'm singing, my trumpet playing, no matter what horn I'm using, it's like there's a thing that sounds like me. But my work is a product of all the music that I've consumed, especially the stuff that I've spent significant time listening to. So, and studying and practicing. And, and so in that way, it, it's not so unlike the way that AI generates its own art. Um, so I believe that on the flip side, that could be an argument that's used in favor of AI in the future. Like, hey, this AI learns no different than anyone else. Why should this be called copyright infringement if it's not when a person writes a song that sounds like the Beatles? And it is if you sound too much like the Beatles, and by like the Beatles, I mean too much like a specific Beatles song. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, could that be used as an argument for AI in the future? I think I think it could. I think we're likely to get there at some point. Um, now, I went down this rabbit hole a little bit and I... Uh, went to some music generators. So I mentioned on the podcast last week, I think that there is a streaming company in China that uses AI generated music. One of the AI generated songs has over a hundred million plays on it. So even just a handful, like there's this article that I read recently by time magazine that was released in 2020. And it says like progress in the AI field has rapidly accelerated in the last few years, but it says, 
uh, while technology has come a long way, many say that we're still far away from an AI creating uh, hit songs on its own. AI music, quote unquote, AI music is simply not good enough to create a song that you would listen to and be like, I would rather listen to this than Drake, says Oleg Stavisky, the CEO and founder of Endel, an app which generates sound environments. Uh, and then I listened to this song, Daddy's Car, that was written by AI in a 2016 AI pen song meant to mimic the Beatles. And it's like, that's 2016. I'm like, this is years ago. And it sounds like relatively convincing. So even in just, this article is written in 2020, even in just a few years, AI has so rapidly improved in terms of making music that now there are songs that have hundreds of millions of plays. I don't know that like if you put it up against a song by a human if and you told someone this is what you're listening to versus here's a song by Drake if they would choose Drake every time like I don't, I don't know the psychology behind that but it's certainly interesting to me that like an article written a couple of years ago is completely obsolete now related to AI essentially because now we have songs that are working all right and so I went down this rabbit hole a little bit I went to a site uh, called sound. Where is it? Sound draw, sound draw. S o u n d r a w. Sounddraw.io, and it's a, it's a music generator, and you can just be like, "What do you want your music to sound like?" And so what I did was I chose. You can you can like change mood, genre, whatever. I chose busy and frantic, and it came up with a whole bunch like fifteen options. Uh, one that's an electro, one that's so. Let me see if I, I'll share my sound because this is all royalty free music. Let's check this out. So this is Sound Raw, and I put in I want a song that sounds busy or frantic, and it and it gave me this. Now the sound leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, it's like a, it's clearly like a jump rock kind of thing, but the cool thing that I notice is that like you you can click on any section here. And it'll play those sections and it says like medium, low, high in terms of, and then very high in terms of intensity and layers. So this is what low sounds like. Just the clapping and the bass. And then if you go to medium, you got the added layers. You got a high, you got more added layers. But a very high and you got like a solo guitar over the top. All right, this is all generated by AI. But the coolest part is that like, so you could decide I need music that fits my video exactly as a video creator or as a media company, right? This is this is where stuff gets scary for musicians because, uh, you know, because musicians make a lot of money on sync. That's a huge road for musicians to make sync uh, or to make money is in sync. And this is like pretty slick. It's just the, the, the sounds themselves are not great yet, um, but you can take any one of these sections and you can delete it. So you can get to like the point in the song where it says very high, you can get there right away if you want, where you're going right away, you're into like the high energy, right? If you want your song, if you want your video to have that kind of high raw energy stuff happening right away. But you there's timestamps, it's like every 10 seconds, the song changes. It's the same thing over and over again, basically. You can go medium, low, high. And, and so you can basically like customize an instrumental song uh, busy, frantic, Latin pop. Let's see. So it's got some like sort of <laughs> Latin vibes. 
Got an accordion. I'm curious what. Okay, a little steel pan. Got a little bass and a little more drums. Yeah, so when you go to very high, it, it adds layers. I mean, so it's essentially the same for every one of these songs, and they're just in different styles. And you can hear that, like, the quality of the audio parts is not high. It sounds it sounds like MIDI instruments to me. And so this AI is, like, using MIDI instruments to create these tracks based on mood. And so it's, it, it's fine for, you know, creators who need royalty-free music, but like in terms of the quality of the sound of the music, it really doesn't match what somebody could do in a studio. And that's the, like when Graham Barton came on the show and talked about sync licensing, one of the things that he says, and one of the things that his book says over and over is tracks that sync sound authentic as fuck, right? That's his whole thing. And so do these tracks sound authentic definitive? No. And this is a program that's like out right now that you can use. Um, so that to me is really interesting. And you can see that like <clears throat> just scrolling through this site, there's all these different, and I can just download like what? I can just download the music for nothing. I don't know. I didn't even know I could do that. Can I download the song? Create an account, select your plan. Okay. So $203 a year. So it's like, maybe this was created by a musician. And so the musician actually is making money, <laughs> but generally speaking, it's like, this is taking away. This is likely taking away money from people who would, get their music licensed in in media. Uh so that's that's problematic, but also like you know, I go back and forth on this like on whether or not we should embrace and we're going to get a little deeper into this in a second, but whether or not this technology should be embraced by musicians and we've seen like like David Bowie used uh, a lyric scrambler, AI lyric scrambler to like help with writing lyrics and some some more recent bands have done that as well using using AI to generate lyrics to help with you know writer's block or whatever uh and some of those <clears throat> some of those lyrics are interesting uh that that come out and you know i could see a world where ai and human interaction is is really interesting and becomes a catalyst for creativity uh and i i know that that's like that's probably hard to swallow for some people, but I've been I've been texting with a friend of mine who's in the computer science department here at Michigan Tech, uh, which is like one of the I mean Michigan Tech is like one of the top tech schools in the country, and the CS department is awesome. And so we've been talking about like should we write a grant and then explore some of this, maybe write our own AI and then explore what it would be like to have human and AI interacting in real time in a live performance, interacting in a studio performance setting, uh, but focusing on like AI enhancing the music making experience for a human rather than focusing on the, the most negative thing that we can think of, which is maybe AI takes away all jobs and everyone just listens to AI created music for the history, for the rest of the world, for the rest of time, <laughs> which... I, I don't know, even with like really awesome AI that's like incredible and is writing all this music, I still have trouble seeing a world where like that's that's the thing it does, where it like everyone just listens to AI music. Like I have trouble I have trouble accepting that that is our fate with AI. Um and I, I'm generally an optimist when it comes to technology and maybe that'll come back and bite me in the ass. But you know, there, there's this uh AI that's 
AI software called Chat GPT, which is only a few weeks old as of three days ago. And this person is, I guess, a uh, university professor, somebody who I'm connected to through somebody else, a former professor of mine. And they said that today they turned in uh, the first plagiarized, um, they, they caught somebody using AI to write their work on a philosopher, Hume. And, you know, it was, it's really interesting because he says the essay confidently and thoroughly described Hume's views on the paradox of horror in a way that were thoroughly wrong. <laughs> it did say some true things about Hume and it knew what the paradox of horror was, but it was just bullshitting after that, essentially. To someone who didn't know what Hume would say about the paradox, it was perfectly readable, even compelling. To someone familiar with the material, it raised any number of flags. And I, I see so many parallels between this and music because, you know, I listened to that AI-generated stuff that I just played for you, and it's like, clearly that's low-quality, cheap-sounding music that was written by a machine and not by a person. Like, that's very clear to me listening to it. But then the question becomes like, would someone who is not a musician, would they be able to tell that it's not written? But it's like, if you're in it and you understand what the material should sound like, then yeah, you could go like, oh, that's that's BS written by AI. But if you're not in it, as this person says, like to someone who didn't know what Hume would say about the paradox, it was perfectly readable, even compelling. To someone familiar with the material, it raised any number of flags. It all, and it says also that chat GPT is also sucks at citing, which is another flag. So like citing the materials, they're, they're bad at that. And so that's a, that's a red flag that they can look for, you know, the, the person who developed chat GPT also developed a, a GPT detector. So, so professors who are worried about this kind of thing can like run papers through the GPT detector to see if somebody used AI to write their papers. But man, this is only three weeks old and AI learns as it gets older, as it gets used more, as more information gets put into it, it continues to learn. So this is obviously like this is in its infancy and it's going to get much, much better as time goes on. Uh, so that's pretty, that to me, that's like significant. Um, there's also been articles written by like Forbes magazine recently uh, pontificating on whether AI generated art is true art and its implications and considerations for businesses. And, you know, one of the things uh, that it talks about is like driverless cars and like a, a lot of things that could do a lot of good, right? Because 1.3 million people die in road related, like driving related fatalities every year. So if AI, like self-driving cars, if that can lower that number significantly like we're, we're talking a lot of good and so the problem with throwing ai out is obviously like we're gonna we're gonna get rid of a lot of good while also getting trying to get rid of ai that makes music and art which is like i mean it's 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 this is like an inevitable this is an inevitable happening like this is gonna happen we don't necessarily have to embrace it. And, and so that's, that's another aspect of this thing as well. Uh, when it comes to photo manipulation, what are we ultimately working towards solving? Are engineers creating these algorithms purely because new technology has unlocked the potential to create them? Or are, is there some deep problem that mankind is working towards solving? So, so what For Forbes magazine is saying here is like, why create 
AI that can create art and music. Like, why do that? That's not solving a problem. That's creating a problem, right? And but like, you know, hey, maybe maybe it is to like maybe it's to solve writer's block. Maybe it's to enhance the performance aspect of of music in some way. Uh, musicians, a lot of acts, uh, especially like high profile stadium touring acts and and high profile pop and R and B acts. A lot of them play to tracks already. So there's like a lot of integrated technology. I talked with Brandon Commodore about that on the podcast, about how he's constantly triggering tracks for Stokely uh, back there at the uh, drum set. And so it's also, it's also has a big impact on business and in, in particular, the, the music business, right? Uh, photographers, personal, you know, it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that AI uh, the development of AI effects. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about today is also virtual sign- virtual signaling, right? Virtual signaling is really common online. It's like, um, do you like, you know, dark chocolate? Well, you shouldn't because dark chocolate now has traces of lead in it. Um, you should feel bad about yourself for eating dark chocolate or whatever, you know, so virtual signaling, uh, we'll define it first. The, the, the public, it's the public expression of opinions or sentiments, Intended to demonstrate one's good character or social conscience or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. So this is basically everyone on social media. You shouldn't be uh, eating at this place because of X, Y, Z, or you shouldn't be attending like, like with Jimmy John's, right? When Jimmy John, like we people found like Jimmy John killed large breed animals. It became like this big thing. Like you should, like, it's morally wrong to eat at Jimmy John's. If you eat at Jimmy John's, you're a bad person. Uh, you shouldn't be attending this person's concert because of X, Y, Z. You shouldn't be selling merchandise because it's made in sweatshops. And it's like, there's a, a whole lot of these kinds of tropes online. And and some, and like a lot of them I think are, I think are well-intentioned, right? I think a lot of these people are well-intentioned and they're just passionate and they're going to the internet because where else do you go? We used to go to the streets. Now we go to the internet and scream into the void where no change actually happens, which I guess is another conversation, but I believe for standing up for what is right. And I believe that many people have good intentions when they go to social media and tell everyone that they should be ashamed of themselves. And recently, as many of you know, we talked about the Lenza app. It became a hot trend on social media. And, you know, at first glance, it was rad. Like I, I enjoyed it and not all the images worked actually. Like half of them didn't look like me at all, Uh, but most of them did. And the imagery was really cool. And I'd be like, I'd be lying if I didn't say like, man, for 10 bucks, I could get images to use for album covers. Like, yeah, let's go. Um, <clears throat> so then of course, like a shitstorm of artists leapt to Facebook to tell us that we should be ashamed for posting AI generated images of ourselves on Facebook. And and that really made me take a step back and do a little soul searching. I'm somebody who like, like I get sick to my stomach. I think like, oh no, what have I done wrong? What have I done? Am I not doing the right thing? Um, and I just, I feel horrible about myself. I feel horrible about myself. And I started thinking like, wait, 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 wait. Okay. I spent 10 bucks on these AI generated images. It was a fun little thing. I got a couple of Facebook posts out of it or whatever. <laughs> Instagram posts out of it. Maybe I'll use an image for cover, but it's like, if we're looking at it in nuanced terms, like there's no way that somebody like me is just going to all of a sudden stop hiring artists to make things for me. Like that's not going to happen. Like I'm not just going to use AI generated stuff for the rest of my career. So like I get, I understand why people are upset. I understand why people are upset, but also things aren't black and white at the risk of sounding defensive for myself. I'll say that like, I've always made it a point to pay 
artists and musicians for their work. I've been lucky because my like my father-in-law is a graphic designer. And so like for a lot of my career, he wouldn't let me pay for anything that he did. Just he, he wanted to help Jana and I, we were making music together. And so of course, like I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that. That saved me boatloads of money, but also like over the course of my career, I've hired tons of artists to make album covers for me, to do photographs for me uh, in studio, to make videos for me, uh, to edit songs for me. Like I've done to, to, to edit and mix. I've done so much of that, uh, but I'll say this. I've always made it a point to pay artists for their work. And we'll talk about Dave Chisholm a little bit. Dave was on the show uh, recently. He has his episode was called enter the blue. We talked about his, his comic book and he had a lot of opinions of this because he's both a musician and a visual artist. You know, I, I commissioned Dave to like do a image of me that I then used as a poster that I printed and sold at my concerts. And so you know, he came on the podcast to talk about Enter the Blue. I've always been into his work. I have both of his comics, uh, or I have several of his comics, not both of them. He's, he has many different comics, but I have uh, three of the comics that he did, uh, and I bought multiple copies of a few of those for my students as well. And I just don't see, because AI is here, I just don't see like that taking over all of those various different connections that I've made over the course of my career. And that's me personally, maybe maybe that's short-sighted to say like that's how everybody will act but you know with artists human connection is such a huge part of the art making process the music making process the the art side of music making process as well like creating an album design creating a concept it's like those are very like human those are very human process there's like you have to talk to somebody and describe a and of course you can do that with with ai a little bit so should i feel bad for throwing 10 dollars at an ai thing to make images for me and like maybe the answer is yes but i i think the answer is no like like no i shouldn't feel bad for that but do we have to embrace do like do we have to embrace the technology no like when technology comes around we don't have to embrace it but i want to read you what dave said about this i guess i want to start by pointing out that i've seen ai profile pics from several people who are active earning a living in a creative field, music, visual art, various other crafts, makers, really. I'm not calling you out by name, but I see you, he says. Just be aware that your ease in selling out works, a working artists paves the way for this kind of technology to eventually put you out of work too, unless we fight this now. It will come for all of us and result in all of us becoming hobby creators, making shit in what little free time we have left. I think it's just a matter of time for human drawn comics to become a rarity, a boutique item for serious collectors only. And it's insane and it makes me sick and it will swallow every industry if we let it. Shit, it might even be too late to stop it, but at least you can stop posting, stop sharing, stop enabling. All right. So this is, this is where I'm like, okay, like I, I, I get it. Like I get it. But like the inevitability of this is, is hard to deny. Like we, we could stop posting. We don't have to embrace it totally. Uh, and I did, I actually changed my profile picture because this has been on my mind. You know, I felt sick about it, of course, cause that's how I get, I don't need to feel sick about any more stuff. You know, I've got enough stuff to worry about. I got kids who are sick. <laughs> it's like I got a wife who tore MCL. I got enough to worry about. And so like, that's why I kind of get, I, like I get angry when people, when people not angry, but like I get 
well, I, I mean, I got to turn on my, turn in on myself when I read this kind of stuff. Like I, that, that's why I, and then I start to think like, oh, I don't need this. Like, why am I even reading this? <laughs> you know? Um, Cause I'm not going to stop paying artists for work, but that's me personally. And maybe that's maybe by posting and I'm, I'm like throwing my stamp of approval, approval on it. And sometimes I underestimate like the impact of my actions on social media. So, you know, I'm learning as I go too. And all this is, is really important. He says, but this is different. It's a major step in outsourcing what makes humans special. The urge to tell stories through pictures, through words, through music and sound stories that express a bit of survival information, a, a tradition to memorialize a person or really just convey any type of concept or idea. These small, easily trivialized acts give life richness, depth and meaning. And I'm of the belief that these acts must stem from humanity. So this is Dave talking still. Okay. So that's essentially the end of his statement on Facebook about AI art. Again, like I very much took a hard look at myself and was like, did I do something wrong here? And I think generally like, no, I didn't. But I think this is an interesting statement. I don't think we are at the risk of humans not expressing themselves artistically. I think no matter the circumstances, no matter whether or not artists will be able to get paid for their work. And in some ways it's easier now more than ever. And it's harder now more than ever, depending on who you talk to besides all of that, whether or not you can make money, it's, it's sort of besides the point humans will always make art. We must express ourselves that way. It's like the one thing that hasn't died in, in all of this stuff, social media and everything. It's like the one thing that hasn't died is musicians are still obsessed with music. People are still obsessed with music. Will people gravitate towards listening to AI generated music? Maybe, especially people like people are already listening to electronic music all the time. And I remember being sort of a purist about electronic music. And then I learned of like some cool electronic artists and I went like, oh, electronic music is artistic too. So yeah, I want to unpack this a little bit. Like Dave obviously sees his artist friends Essentially, what he's saying is selling out uh, to AI art. I get it. Like, I get why Dave feels this way. Like, it's his livelihood at stake for sure. And, and like for me, like, what happens when Spotify is riddled with AI music? So one, one one thing I've made strides in lately. I am building my numbers on Spotify, and I'm like purposefully doing that through collaborations, through different styles of music, and it's working right. And I can see a path where I get to a million streams a month or a million streams a year or 2 million streams a year, 5 million streams a year. And if I get to those places, then I've got past, I've got some level of passive income that's significant. And I already have some of that from my YouTube channel. You know, I've said on the podcast before that I make a little under a hundred dollars to 180 or $190 a month, depending on the month on YouTube, just through ads. And so at some point, what I want to do is grow that more, sell merch through that. You know, there's like a lot of different ways um, to do that thing. And and we've talked about that a lot. So I don't need to get into the nitty gritty, but yeah, like if Spotify, if AI music took over Spotify, how would I feel? I don't know. If, if Spotify became a place where you could literally just go to Spotify and say, I want music that is 90% this and 10% that, and it has this mood and whatever. And then Spotify just creates playlists for you based on AI. Like maybe that's what Spotify ends up becoming. I shouldn't have even said that. Maybe I just spoke that into existence, but that would be a very interesting like curated listening experience. If AI music got really good, then yeah. I mean, like what does a musician like me do with that? But also like, 
like music, like various different eras of music. I remember the early 2000s, it was like everything was super heavily produced, it was like super pop, overproduced kind of stuff. Clear, bubbly, overproduced pop music. In sync, Britney Spears, you know, it's like there's a lot of that boys, uh, 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 Backstreet Boys, like all these various different 90, 90 degrees, all these boy bands, and like uh, Christina Aguilera, this pop artist. And like Christina is like she can sing her ass off, Justin Timberlake, too. So I, I don't want to like I've mentioned on the podcast before that I listen, I grew up listening to In Sync a lot because I love like the four part harmony stuff. I grew up listening to doo music, which is there was a lot of that, whatever. It was very polished, and then I noticed that like as the decades go by, it's like pop music becomes more acoustic sounding. It's like, it goes in waves. It's like people get sick of hearing heavily, you know, electric, heavy electronic music, electronic sounding remixes. Like people get sick of hearing that. And then it goes more towards like, Oh, the people are enjoying funk music with horns a little bit more. It's like Bruno Mars is using horns and and using dominant chords with flat nines. And, you know, it's like, then the music kind of wraps back around and you get more, stuff that's maybe a bit more electronic sounding or, or overproduced. And so I think it's cyclical or at least it goes in, it goes in waves and I could see a situation where like AI becomes popular for a little while. And then people start to go like, they start to get sick. They want that human connection or they want to go to some live shows. It's like, I think also like AI, you could eventually maybe attend a concert people could create like an, a character a digital character and you could be in your VR headset, virtual reality headset at a concert by a fictional character. That's all the music is created by AI that that could happen. And that could become like people could become obsessed with that. I could see that. And so that's disheartening, but do I think that that's going to take over the entire music industry? I don't. Um, so, so should we embrace AI or not? I'm not sure. I really know the answer, but I think there's, a lot of, I mean, I know there's a lot of promising things happening with AI right now and we can't just throw it out. So with that aspect in mind, it's like, what what do we do with AI generated art? What do we do with AI generated music? And I, I think what we can do as individuals is we can make sure that we're purposeful about hiring real people to do significant work for us when we have the means and the budget. One of the things that the Lenza app does is it provides access to people who don't have enough money to hire a photographer to do a really badass photo session. Like there is that aspect. And that's the aspect of Spotify too. It's like it's access to the industry for people that didn't have access to the industry before. So for someone who's concerned about inclusivity, it's like you could make the argument that AI increases inclusivity in the industry. It levels the playing field a bit more. But what I'm most interested in is how it can enhance the writing process, the performance process sometime in the future. I don't know what that would look like, but it's something that really interests me. And maybe there'll be some research projects that I am a part of in the future that addressed those, that addresses those various different things. That's it. That's all I've got to say about AI. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed this talk. I hope that you've got some idea of what you want to do about this dilemma in your own career. But I think the big thing is be thinking about hiring people when, when there's means, I mean, like I just, I won this grant to do this new record. I'm so pumped to be able to pay a bunch of musicians, a bunch of money. I mean, it's like super fun for me to be like, Hey, I have this new record. 
And I've done this on the other side, on the flip side too, when I have no money and I'm like, Hey, can I track some horns for you? If you put drums on the song that I wrote, like I do that a lot with musicians that are friends of mine. Can I arrange horns for you on your next thing? If you do X, Y, and Z for me on this thing. Uh, and so I've got some of those, like my, my up and is going to come, right? I got musicians are going to come back to me and be like, yo, Meckler, I need you to put horns on this thing. Cause I've asked several people to put stuff on my records, uh, for nothing. But also when I have money and I'm able to pay people, like I'm, I'm pumped about it. I'm excited to put money in people's pockets because I know, like, I know how hard it is to make it, to make ends meet, to support a family on freelance income. Like I know, I know what that's like. I've done that. And so I'm extremely excited about putting money in the hands of artists and I do it whenever possible. And I hope that that's how you will interact and interface with this new paradigm as well. All right, that's it. Uh, we've got a Spotify playlist that has all the artists who've been on the podcast. It's awesome. It's called the gig bosses. Uh, it's linked in the comment section. There's a gig boss Facebook page where you can go and we kind of unpack some of this stuff uh, together. We just iron sharpens iron. We all talk and, and hang out. The gig boss app is free on iOS and Android. You can create groups and events. You can tag groups to events. You can contact people in your group. Once the events are solidified, you have a scrolling feed of gigs. You can click on a square and see all the details, pull up Uber or Lyft or whatever you need. Uh, and you can keep track of how much you've been paid and whether or not you've been paid. And there's more stuff coming on that. Totally free. We have a deal with Ari's Take Academy, which does classes on all kinds of cool aspects in the music industry. If you buy one of those courses and you use the code GIGBOSS, G-I-G-B-O-S-S, you will get 10% off whatever course that is. That's also linked in the description as well as Ari's book, How to Make It in the New Music Economy, which I've read and it's great. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend about Gig Boss. Uh, post about it on social media. Text a friend an episode that you really liked. Uh, that kind of stuff is what really helps us out. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and you could rate it five stars, that would really help. And if you write a little description, a, a little uh, review, a positive review if you like the show, that also helps the show show up into other people's feeds, which will help us grow. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. 